guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Welcome to The One. I'm your host, Hunter Powers, broadcasting live from our nation's capital, D.C. proper, Washington, D.C. And your one idea for today is how you do one thing is how you do everything. This reportedly is an old Zen saying. There's no single individual to which it's attributed. The quote is sometimes said, the way a person does one thing is the way they do everything. I like the slightly more ownership angled how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so today we will examine this idea. What does it mean? Do we believe in it? How can we apply it? How you do one thing is how you do everything. So the basic premise here is that your approach, your rules, your philosophy on how you approach one area of your life, one task in your life, however small of a unit you want to consider, that while you feel that approach is specific to that one thing, it's actually the approach that you use for everything. Let's look at an example. Suppose when you go to a grocery store and you get to the cereal aisle, your approach is to look at the price for every box of cereal in that aisle and find the absolute cheapest cereal you can find. That's the one you purchase because in your mind, cereal is cereal and you want the best deal. Now also in your mind is that you only apply this logic to cereal. But the suggestion of this quote is that you are probably applying this logic to all areas of your life, trying to find the cheapest version of everything. And then the insight is further that there is substantial overhead that you should at a minimum be aware of in adding this rule, this philosophy, this idea of I'm going to find the absolute cheapest version of this because cereal is cereal in all other parts of your life. Let's take this same person and move the example to searching for a pair of pants. I need a new pair of pants. Well, you now need to consider are pants pants? Did I simply look for the cheapest pair of pants I can find? Because a pair of pants is pants. And this idea is suggesting that that's probably what you're doing, or that's probably what someone else is doing, right? So there's also the implied logic here that if you see someone in the cereal aisle applying this cereal is cereal, let me find the cheapest cereal, that's the one that I buy, that they most likely apply this same logic to all other areas of their life. It's a reasonable conclusion. It's not a certainty, but it's a reasonable conclusion. And so then the question is, how can you take that knowledge and make use of it? Let's move on to another example that I've seen before that I think is slightly more real-world applicable, and that's lying. Some people say uh, lying is bad. Some people say that some lies are okay. Right, a white lie, we have this idea of a white lie. Did no one any harm? In fact, maybe it did some good. And the idea that I often hear about lying is that it's far easier to never tell any lies than it is to lie about just a very few small number of things. And here's how the logic goes. So let's assume a close family member asks you, how are you doing? And you know, if you say, I'm doing fine, that they will put a smile on their face, and they will move on with the conversation. And you know, if you say, 
I'm terribly frustrated by everything, that they will become deeply saddened, and you will have to endure a terribly long conversation about why you're so deeply troubled about everything. Additionally, you have reason to believe that this will bring their mood level down substantially. So while they were in a rather content place, if you answer this question honestly, you are going to bring them down. And so you say, well, in this scenario, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm doing okay, just fine. And the conversation moves on and the moment moves on. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. And here's where the problem comes. So before you didn't lie. And now you've introduced the idea that there are some times where, where lying is fine. There are moments where the truth is an option. And this particular instance, if we surveyed 100 people on the street, 99 would say, it's completely fine. There's no issue here. You're good to go. I would have done the same thing. That makes a lot of sense. But you've now introduced the option in everything that maybe we'll tell the truth or maybe we'll optimize or lie about the truth in order to get something that we want. In this case, it was, I want this relative to remain happy. And, you know, they don't they don't need to be concerned with these other things. And they're going to misread them anyway. So now we move along with our day. Let's say it's a Wednesday. Let's say you need to make a presentation on Friday. And the boss comes by and the boss says, hey, that presentation for Friday, do you have it already? You good to go? And you haven't finished it yet, but you feel completely confident that it will be ready on Friday. And you know that your boss will feel much more assured if you tell them that, yes, it's ready to go. We're good to go, 100%. Can't wait. And that if you tell them it's not quite ready yet and you're still working on it, it's going to introduce a lot of a lot of nervousness, a lot of concern, maybe less confidence in, in your performance and who you are and why are you waiting to the last second. And so you say, well, in this moment, I'm going to use that lying option again. I'm going to say, yes, I am ready. We're good to go. It's solid. And why do you say this? Well, because no one will ever know about this one. I've got still Thursday. In fact, you've got the day off Thursday. Some random series of happenstances allowed you to have the day off Thursday. And you're actually only about 20 minutes away. Finding 20 minutes on Thursday is terribly easy. So no one is ever going to know that the presentation wasn't ready on Wednesday. You're going to complete it on Thursday. On Friday, you'll present it. The boss will believe you were well prepared from the very beginning. And you can feel good. You're going to get some, some positive feedback on Wednesday when you say, yeah, it's ready. They're going to say, excellent, excellent. I knew I could count on you, right? It's this rush of great emotions. And then Thursday, you'll get it done and no one will ever be the wiser. But now you've introduced a uh, another exception to the truth, right? First, it was, well, if I'm making a relative you know, happier and they don't really need to know the truth, that was kind of the first scenario. The next scenario is, well, if they'll never find out and it positively benefits me and it positively benefits them, then, okay, another time when I don't have to tell the truth, which, by the way, is a far gap from the first example. But now every time that you're asked something, every single time you have to consider where where's my threshold for truth? What's the threshold for when it's okay for me to vary the truth, to compromise the truth? Is this is this one of those scenarios? I've got to think about it. I've got to process it. I've got to consider my previous times. By the way, maybe this is something that you do very quickly and maybe this is something that you labor over. I don't think it's terribly relevant. You could take the argument that, well, some people are better liars and that's certainly true. But this idea still holds water, that once you introduce the idea of varying from the truth, that's now how you do everything in your life. 
you consider everything, every opportunity, every scenario, you consider every scenario as an opportunity to vary the truth. Why? Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So the insight here is that you have to be aware that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you take one opportunity and compromise, you will now have to, for every opportunity going forward, question if this is an opportunity where you should compromise yourself. So that's kind of a, a negative example, but I think there's also positive examples. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And it probably comes around to standards. How complete, how polished, how professional, how creative is the work that you do. If it's lacking, look for other areas in your life that are lacking in that same way. Why? Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you will probably find a similar pattern where you aren't getting that Thing done. Maybe you're procrastinating too much. Maybe you're not allowing enough time. Maybe you're always being overly optimistic about how much can be done in a brief moment. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So look for the other areas in your life where you're seeing the same limitations. I like this quote. It takes a little bit to an extreme, but it's also a great way to look for optimizations in your life, optimizations in your work, and to try to diagnose why things might not be going Right. And so for this moment, we will agree with the Zen saying. And that was your one idea for today. Until next time, this is Hunter Powers, and you've been listening to The One. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win.